folks, happy Friday. If my calendar is right and my math is correct, today is Friday, July 19th, uh, which is a very, very important day in the history of mankind. Why? Because it's my birthday. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to send me a happy birthday note on LinkedIn, I'd appreciate it, to be honest with you, because not that many people like me anymore. And your friendship, even if you're a stranger, really nourishes and feeds uh, my very insecure and lonely soul. No, um, it is my birthday. And uh, I don't know, I guess that's special, but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is that uh, we've got the second part of our interview with Chris Rudy Grapp, which includes Q&A from the audience. And we actually try to name the folks that are asking the questions and give them a little bit of exposure on the pod. So uh, if you're thinking about this format, we'll figure out if it works or not uh, on an extended and sort of scalable basis. But if you're out there in a city and we have a revenue collective chapter and you want to host a fireside chat, maybe with the CEO or some important person in your metropolitan area, and you want to be on the show or, or host it, let me know. Let me know on linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. But today we've got Chris Rudigrap and he's talking about the origin of founding the company Sendoso. He's the CEO. He used to be an account executive at TalkDesk. And he talks about, as we've heard on the Tuesday show, about the importance of direct sending. What are the objects? What are the creative objects that you can use within the context of a sequence to drive conversion and engagement? And how to think about uh, using direct mail and physical objects in the course of a surprise and delight framework that generates better win rates, uh, more closes and and more business for you. So that's what we're about to listen to today. Uh, Happy Friday. If you want to reach out to me again, it's uh, linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. And finally, we want to thank our sponsor for Friday Fundamentals and for our Friday episodes, which is Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform. So thanks for listening. And let's listen to part two of our live podcast recording with Chris Rudy Grapp, the co-founder and CEO of Sendoso. So welcome back to the show, everybody. It's fr- well, happy Friday. It's not really Friday, but uh, we're, we're playing this on Friday. We've got Chris Rudy Grapp back to answer some questions from the audience from our fireside chat here in New York City. And we've got a Revenue Collective member, Karen Patani Hasen, who's going to ask a question. Karen, welcome to the show. And what's your Thank question? Thank you so much. <laughs> so my question for you, Chris, is what, are, what is the most or some of the most popular items that people like to use and send through Sendoso? Yeah. So one of the things that's really popular right now is socks. So, you know, uh, nicer dress socks, um, sometimes branded, sometimes just cool designed. Uh, so we have, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of socks in our warehouse um, from tons of different companies. Are any? Um, are they good quality or are they yeah, pieces I mean, of shit? Yeah, I mean, no, they're good stuff. And uh, there's, uh, I think that socks are something that for whatever reason people just like lose socks and they could always use more socks, um, and everyone wears them. So uh, you know, socks are really popular. The edible treats, so the cupcake, the mini cupcakes. California edible or you mean regular? <laughs> Uh, both. Okay, got it. No. Do you send cannabis products? Um, not yet. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, put me into that sequence. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just um, kidding. I run my own business. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in California, it's legal. So. Exactly. Um, and then outside of that, <laughs> Yetis are are really popular. Coolers. So, yeah. Or Yeti mugs. Water bottles. Okay. Little like uh, round uh, little tumblers. Um, I so see a ton of those in the, in the White I'm, House. I'm, what I'm hearing is that um, I would expect you to say it has to be based on their business, tailored to their business. If they're a real estate mm-hmm. company, you send them a mini Empire State Building. 
but what you're saying is doesn't really matter. It's just something cool, different that they haven't received before. I think in general, like looking across our entire portfolio of customers, those are some of the popular things that stand out. I think then you tie it to some messaging that really hits at home with that recipient or that target industry. That kind of brings it full circle. In addition to that, though, we do see a ton of companies will create relevant like uh, sending options for their for their target audiences or that are that Amazon integration where you're getting hyper targeted with one single thing for that recipient. Mm. So that is really effective. But um, I think there's a place for kind of more general broad things that, you, that kind of meet everyone's interest and then very specific things that you'd send on a per campaign or a per person basis. Got and having a breadth of them is helpful. Cool. Any other questions from the audience? Yeah. Announce yourself. Okay. Amy Holtzman, uh, SVP of Marketing at AlphaSense. We're customers, uh, but we could be doing a lot more with you. Yeah. What is the strangest thing you've ever sent? <laughs> Good question. Um, I was actually at your office today, too. I didn't even see what? you. I was meeting with what? Brandon. She runs all the marketing functions. I know. I was meeting with Brandon. How did you have it? I don't know. <laughs> all right. But anyway, funny fact. So recently, someone sent, we sent custom pinatas, which I thought were a pretty cool idea. Kind of timed around Cinco de Mayo, and we, we stuffed them all with candy. and they were So that I thought that was kind of unique. Another one of our clients sends a sheet cake. And it has their logo on it and it says like installing us as a piece of cake. And we literally ship these like quarter sheet cakes, which seems crazy, but uh, they do it all the time. We've also sent these like customized mini Lego figures to match the uh, LinkedIn prospects uh, kind of picture as much as we can. Um, And then we have like a Lego builder kit that has a bunch of different pieces. Then you have your own personal things. So those are some kind of random things um, that I think come to mind. Awesome, thanks. <laughs> do you, the, the Lego, so if, the, if these are new items, mm-hmm. do, you, do you need a partner to source them? Are they like in an online catalog that we can peruse? How does that work? So we really look at it as we really try to provide more of a curated service than like a, an online catalog where you can see like, you know, 40 different types of pens and, you know, 800 different notebooks. Like yep. no one really wants to do that. So we'll more or less work with our customers to, uh, we provide uh, like a creative project manager that will kind of do discovery saying like okay is this top of funnel are you trying to set meetings is this a welcome kit are you trying to do post customer engagement so like what what's the scenario what's the budget what's the persona you're trying to reach and then we'll typically suggest like anywhere from like five to 20 different things and then let them kind of decide um, on that so it's kind of a collaborative brainstorm that's curated versus a catalog approach because I think there's just, you know, it, there's unlimited options. We yeah. can, you know. And so you pick it and then you put it into the sequence or the cadence or yeah, whatever Yeah, so then using. you pick, basically we pick it out and then we have hundreds of preferred merchant partners that will do the manufacturing, whether it's uh, locally, whether it's in China, depending on like the timelines and other factors and the costs. And then we'll get it all manufactured, get it into our facilities and then. And it's real time. So I'm an SDR and touch point number five yep. is send them a Lego. Yep. Just do it. Just do it. Click send. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Any other questions? And announce yourself. Sure. How's it going? Uh, Matt D, sales manager at Electric AI. What does Electric AI do, Matt? You've got 30,000 people listening. Yeah, there you go. Uh, We're a full-fledged IT team that lives in Slack. Uh, So cost-effective alternative for small, medium-sized businesses, either hiring in-house or... Hold the microphone. Same distance from Traditional providers. Yeah. Awesome. What's your question? Cool. 
So my question is, Chris, you mentioned your inspiration for Sendoso mm-hmm. came from being a salesperson and wanting to do a particular thing and realizing that there's probably an easier way to do it. But now at the sea level, 150 people, like, and the majority of your time being spent doing a lot of other things. Yes. What do you, number one, I guess, how important is it to you to stay connected to that customer experience? And now that you are the CEO, what, what do you do? How do you still stay connected to that customer experience to understand like what matters and what's important as our industry changes literally every single day? Yeah, so I'm very active with our customers. You know, today I met like four or five customers. Tomorrow I'm meeting a few. You know, a couple weeks ago I was in Seattle. So probably once or twice a month I'm in the field talking to customers. Or I also like to tag along and talk to prospects too who aren't customers yet to kind of figure out that uh, mentality as well. So I'm still very much connected there. I work with our product team directly too. So I can really influence our product roadmap based on what I'm seeing from uh, the customers. So yeah, I, I think that good CEOs should really be in the field talking to customers as much as they can, especially if they're trying to influence product roadmap, you know, hiring, who needs to do what, understanding pain points where we should be hiring more based on you know, whether it's feature requests or whether it's uh, other types of areas. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I would I make it a point to to you know leave my office at least twice a month to go to get on a plane and go somewhere else. Jason Lumpkin makes yeah. that recommendation. <laughs> what are you most excited about on your product roadmap? What are the cool new things that are going to be happening? Yeah, so um, I'm really excited. Uh, we're rolling out this data product for like an address verification and uh, data offering. So I think that mailing addresses are getting ever increasingly difficult when you're trying to target contacts, not just HQs. So we're doing some interesting stuff there with triangulating and figuring out uh, based on data as well as uh, you know, a call center solution that's going to be human verifying this. We're rolling out the, this uh, hobby and interests tool uh, that helps us identify what uh, the recipient's interests are and also helps our customers keep track of those kind of gifting preferences so they can... Uh, we can provide better recommendations on things they should send in the future. Maybe like scraping their LinkedIn profile or... Yeah, other social tweets, uh, you know, uh, and then taking it further of like uh, listening into calls or emails or other data points that we can see kind of gifting keyword preferences. That's really exciting. Um, a scheduling feature is just around the corner, mobile app. Yeah, we've got a, a long list of uh, features and uh, that. But those are kind of the top ones that come to mind. Great. Questions? Announce yourself, sir. Uh, Aaron Smith. I lead sales partnerships at Content IQ. We're a digital publisher. Got about 10 different websites. Do reach about 40 million unique visitors a month. I'm interested in knowing what do you want your reps talking about on LinkedIn? Do you want them talking about Sendoso? Do you want them talking about the industry of sales? Do you want them talking about the industry of their target accounts? What would be ideal for you That is you? A fantastic question. <laughs> yeah, I have to think about that for a second. Um, and the context is yeah. Jake Dunlap's out there, our good friend, saying stop talking about yourself and start making yourself an expert in your buyer's industry. Yeah. What do you think? So uh, I think that, I mean, one is building their own brand. I think there's some value in terms of getting in front of the camera or posting things, questions, kind of seeing how they can develop an audience. So I think uh, outside of just Sendoso themselves and their career, uh, you know, how can they 
you know, uh, showcase themselves in, in a professional manner that can build themselves. Um, I do think talking about Sendoso is helpful because I think that they're, they, they have audiences that they can connect with. At the end of the day, they're a salesperson. So if they're posting, you know, a, a link to me to set a conference or a cool podcast we're on, then I think that inevitably, you know, drives their business forward, which is, you know, helping them build revenue. I think it's also about interacting. So who are they following? Who are, who are those contacts that they're going out and commenting on posts? So maybe not, not as much as like just going in there and posting something, but going in there and finding people in the industry and providing, you know, relevant, you know, uh, commentary to what other people are saying. Um, I think that's a good way to kind of engage on LinkedIn. Great. You were a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine you were a great salesperson. Yeah, I would say. What do you think makes a great salesperson? And when you're looking at, is similar to Aaron's question, yeah. which is you've got a group of people that you can't influence directly all the mm -hmm. time, right? They've got managers and managers of managers. Yep. And they're they're representing you. Mm -hmm. And when do you love it? When is it that they are the best of Sendoso? And when yeah. do you cringe? And what do you think makes a great salesperson? Yeah. So I think. Uh, I'd say a couple things. One, I think um, I'm probably just describing myself, and then we'll just go from there. So, uh, Wear sweatshirts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think being very good at the, at your tech stack. So, like, I was practically our Salesforce admin. I could like run all these reports that you know some of the other salespersons were like, "Oh, how do I do this?" So, I think you know, there's a, there's a lot of modern tools that salespeople can use, and being an expert in all those, including Salesforce, where I think some people fall short of like how to create really customized reports or how do you take in you know, Marketo Insights and use that and mix that data with other reports to see which you know, contacts you should be going after, this and that. So I think being a good operator of tools, I think you know, being a kind of building your own personal brand so that's going to conferences, going to meetups, talking to people. Um, I think I was a big fan of that. I mean, being in San Francisco, it's a little easier maybe than some markets, but San Francisco the same. You could do a lot of meetups and meet people that way. I was, uh, or I think, are, are thinking about our best salespeople, being very fluent in their conversation, thinking that they can, you know, I think there's uh, some sales reps that are, you know, they could sell you anything, but then there's some sales reps that are very uh, consultative. And so I think a mix of both um, is kind of the key things. I've seen all sides of the spectrum. Um, but I think if you're... You, you think too consultative might be an issue? I think too consultative is an issue because you can maybe be boring versus the other side of the spectrum. If you're just like, you know, you can talk, 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 sell anyone anything, you might miss some valuable discovery that really is painting the picture with that pain point you're trying to solve for. So somewhere in the middle is, is going to be key. I think hard work, you know, there's nothing like getting in early to the office and working your butt off. So, you know, I was a very get in the office at, you know, before most people would. Um, what's, a, what's a good time to get in the office? Uh, you know, I, I like to get into the office like 7, 7.30 because you'd get like an hour or so before that kind of got noisy. And then you could, you know, duck out a little early to get some golf in too. So <laughs> that wasn't always bad. It's tougher in San Francisco because your 7, 7.30 is our 10, 10.30. And yeah. that business is already happening on the East Coast. Very so true. To your point. Yeah. Any other questions? Feel free. Hi, I'm uh, Alex Clark. I'm the head of sales for a company called Adroit Trading Technologies. We're a uh, front-to-back order execution management system that deals with the nuances of over-the-counter uh, exotic financial instruments. Great. Um, quick question for you, Chris, just in terms of, you know, if I think of the top of the funnel, do you find that uh, a lot of companies are sending out 
uh, thought leadership along with their, I don't want to call them knickknacks because there's a lot of thought that goes into these gifts, but is thought leadership, infographics, books, is that something you're sending a lot or is it more, should I be sending cupcakes? I would say both actually work really well. I would say swag though is less top of funnel. Like you, you want to build a bit of rapport with the prospect before you send them like a, a jacket with your logo on it. Right. Unless you're like, a, I don't know, like the, the Googles of the world who just like you just love their brand or, or one of those, you know, Fortune you know, 50. So I would say that uh, the thought leadership, though, is uh, really useful. I think that also that, that thought leadership, though, also does really well with kind of what I call deal acceleration, which is you've done the demo. You've got this weird period of like, call it, you know, one month to six months before they're signing the contract, depending on what business you're in. And typically you're just like, you know, following up on email cadences or, you know, calendar invites that are sitting out there. And so I think that's the best place to sprinkle in some of that thought leadership where you're getting on their desk and that can help influence, you know, the the buying committee and and things like that. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, to Alex's question, the first touch point should not be direct mail in your opinion. No, I disagree. I think it can be definitely. Okay. And we see a lot of our customers that will have it. I, I think the, the biggest thing that you should focus on is the like sequence of events. So if you're going to do it first, then you just need to make sure that you're following up with that and you're bringing that back in. So it's, hey, did you get the cool you know, Stanford coffee mug I sent you that was blah, blah, blah? Or, hey, you know, do you want the code to that lockbox? You know, so you're like tying it in to your messaging. I think that maybe where it falls short is where marketing will just do a, a blast of direct mail without kind of sales alignment. And then there's kind of like spraying and praying direct mail will get responses, which I think is less useful. So I think we do have a, a good amount of our customers that will start off with a direct mail and follow up with that. We also have some that use it at the very end who might be a bit more you know, cost conscious and want to do some free emails first and then drop it in. But it all depends. I mean, if you look at opportunity costs and you we have some customers, uh, you know, Gong is one of them in particular, that did some analysis and it's like they've shortened their sequences down because of putting it at the top of the, of the hmm. sequence. And, um, and that made a big difference than waiting till 10, 15th step to do the direct mail because you want to, you know, save some money. Yeah. So. Is there a worse practice? Is there, you know, if there are companies that are not using Sendoso the right way, are there common themes there? I think the spraying and praying where you don't have good follow-up and someone just gets something on their desk and then no one follows up is a a terrible practice. I think, uh, you know, uh, shitty quality or poor quality. I can swear. Yeah, of course. I would have been been swearing so much more. It's trying to behave. Um, Yeah, I think uh, shitty quality is like, you know, um, or things that aren't useful. I think you really got to think of quality over quantity. Um, and I think some people just say, hey, I need to do some quick direct mail. Let me do this and that. And then it you know, doesn't come together right because it's a lot of effort um, trying to do it yourself. And then just kind of flops. You know, there's bad data too. What's worse than sending it to, a, you know, sending it to the wrong place, the wrong HQ, sending it to someone that left three months ago. You, know, you can look bad by doing things like that. So, cool. um, yeah. One last question. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lori Coulomb, Senior Director of Marketing at NASDAQ on the corporate hey, services side. Um, so my question's on the uh, onboarding and retention side. Mm-hmm. So as we're looking to create a new program for one, one of our business lines, what do you recommend for the cadence of sending gifts? Is it like within two weeks, then three months, then six months or a year? Like is there a certain number of times you should be welcoming your new clients to the business? 
Great question. So I would kind of think of it more of like either product milestones, product milestones, um, milestones that you can look at data to say like if you add 10 users, then those that kind of cohort is X likely more to renew or to stay on for X number of years. So looking at kind of data points, that it would be like success measures. I think those would be a better answer because I think each different business is um, has slightly different needs in terms of how fast they, the onboarding. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a definite need as like a welcome and then a, like a completion of onboarding, like a graduation kind of w- when that's applicable, like when there's an implementation and onboarding situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a nice handoff. And then I think it's useful to have these like lifestyle events kind of queued up, whether it's like a, a baby onesie that's branded or a, a doggy chew toy or a baby onesie at their one year anniversary with your business or <laughs> no, when they more, have a baby more like for when they have a baby oh, and you can God. just have that on deck so that you look like a hero sending them some funny onesie that's I mean maybe it's not even something that's branded or maybe it's just small branded but has something like relevant to you know your your brand that's more funny and so I think those type of things really resonate with customers where you hit them at times where they're already kind of having happy moments um, and thinking through what all those could be, those five to 10, and then just arming the warehouse with that so that you can click and send in real time and they get it like the next day. Great, thank you. Chris, thanks so much for being here. Uh, If people want to reach out to you either in the audience or online, it's chris at sendoso.com. Yep. So we want to thank Sendoso. We want to thank Outreach, who's one of our sponsors. And of course, we also want to thank Russell Tobin. So Russell Tobin, if you're out there listening or you're in this room, they're one of the great search firms here in New York and all over the country slash world. And um, they are also hosting us in this incredible event space and they're very generous partners. So thanks to Russell Tobin. Thanks to Sendoso. Thanks to Outreach. And thanks to all of you for coming. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. And we'll talk to you next time. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Sam.